God is good. All the time. Give him one more hand clap tonight. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, God's been good yesterday. We had a tremendous service this morning. And um, thankful for the presence of the Lord and what he is doing in our midst. Hallelujah. I am going to um, try not to um, hold you long uh, this evening. Uh, this has been a um, very busy weekend uh, for me, and uh, I've said for a long time, I said, that I feel like it, uh, you know, more and more, talking about the Muslim situation, I heard something again on the news the other day that another company has opened up to um, let all the Muslims that work there uh, to have prayer time uh, three, four times a day, whatever time is that they, they do that. I think if they need to let Christian people be off on uh, Monday to, uh, so they can get over <laughs> Amen Sunday. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Uh, yesterday being my birthday, I didn't have I didn't have an opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, it was just another another day uh, for me. I was in the office all day long yesterday working on missionary things, which, by the way, let me announce: next Sunday morning, you do not want to miss. Uh, Sister Susan Templet, uh, missionary to Ecuador, is going to be here in the AM service, and uh, this is her first time to be with us, and um, she's going to be here uh, next Sunday, and I am excited about this. This is a um, tremendous lady and um, got a great um, call of God on her life, and she has God has used her in many ways. And I know that you're going to enjoy her next Sunday. Also next Sunday is our quarterly uh, uh, birthday and anniversary dinner. Um, we only do that once a quarter now. We've uh, been doing that like that for a while. And so we will be having a dinner after the morning service next Sunday. Uh, there is a menu up on the board back there. I believe they have gotten together. It's going to be an Italian theme. Uh, if you haven't signed up uh, for something there, please um, uh, please do so tonight. And um, one other thing, I'm going to give somebody an opportunity to be blessed. Um, the last few weeks, this, um, the whole month of uh, September, uh, God has been blessed. We've been the, the Lord has been moving especially in the Sunday morning services. And uh, I always forget something uh, just about all the time. I have a hard time remembering everything I need to remember. And um, Brother Murray has been back in South Africa um, this month. And um, it falls on Fridays for our assembly to help put a prayer covering over, over him while he's there for protection and God to bless him and uh, uh, to fast and to pray on those, um, uh, those Fridays. And so since uh, I haven't announced this is the first time 
I've announced it. Um, it's been up to um, me and Sister Cassie to split those Fridays and do that fasting. There's just one left. Uh, he'll be coming um, coming home the first of next week. There's one Friday left. If you would uh, uh, want to take that Friday or uh, divide it up, you do part of that day and somebody uh, the other part to fast and to pray for Brother Murray. Uh, please do so, and I guarantee you God will bless you for for doing uh, that to help pray and fast a, a, a prayer covering, amen, over them for God's favor to be upon their life. So um, I want you to remember that. We're going to get in the message tonight, and um, um, we got back, and I hadn't been home uh, today at all, and we went um, to get a bite of lunch and came uh, straight back to the church office and began to uh, pray and to seek the Lord. And um, I didn't have a slightest clue of how the Lord would be leading me tonight. And uh, um, I was starting from uh, scratch, so to speak. But um, there in the office uh, late this afternoon, the Lord place something upon my heart, and it is my heart's desire, and it ought to be everybody's heart's desire, amen, uh, if God has forgiven you, if he has given you his spirit, then this ought to be your desire, and I'm going to take you to the book of Genesis first off. The fifth chapter. I'm going to read verses 21 through 24. Then, after I read verse 24, I'm going to go into the New Testament to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and verse 5. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 and 24. This is what it reads like. And Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24, And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Brother Paul, the rapture has already happened for some. What does that mean? That Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. Hallelujah. We got too many preachers today going to the Bible and picking one verse and trying to build a whole theology and doctrine on one verse of the Bible. And the scripture plainly tells us that the word of God is not of any private interpretation. You have got to be able to write or divide it and blend it in. The old with the new and the new with the old. 
Hebrews 11 and 5 explains Genesis 5, 21, 24. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. The Hebrew writer made it plain here what the Genesis writer was saying where Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Hebrew writer come along and said that he didn't see death and was not found because God had taken him. This right here. For before he was taken... Before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Lord, as we come tonight, I thank you and I praise you for the privilege I have to stand behind the desk to minister your word one more time. I ask God that you will speak to us all tonight. Give us what you would have us to have to leave here tonight as we go out to start a new week in the morning. Encourage each and every one. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. I want to speak to you all in a few minutes on a subject titled, Living to Please God. Living to please the Lord. Amen. Living to please the Lord. I want to take some time tonight to think about what or who are you living for. Every one of us are living for something or somebody. Hallelujah. Every one of us. Different people live for different things. But if we have been saved by the grace and power of God, as Ryan was talking about the grace of God a while ago, if we have been saved by the grace and power of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is really only one thing you should be living for. Amen. And that is to please the Lord. That's what it boils down to. Has God saved you? Has he forgiven you? Has he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Then the only thing, the only thing, that you should be living for is to please the Lord. I like to be encouraged from time to time, don't you? I like to see things that encourages me and lift, lifts me up. I thank God for every time I can see that. And I don't mean to, um, and I apologize if I, uh, uh, I don't want to um, embarrass anybody, but I, I thank the Lord tonight 
of a particular person in our assembly that's been blessing this pastor and encouraging me. And I'm talking about Sister Amber back there. I was born at night, but not last night. And even though God, um, he does occasionally, he occasionally, and I think it's because of the office of pastor, because as pastor, there are times that you have, you have to be equipped to do just about everything at certain times. But I have not been called as much per se into the, to the prophetic, but you don't have to be called into the prophetic to witness on somebody's life that God is moving and God is working. And I know, nobody have to tell me, I know this young lady is trying to live pleasing to God and get closer to Him. I believe that she wants to live her life in pleasing to God. I've seen enough fruit already to bring forth evidence of that. And it ought to be everybody's desire to live pleasing to the Lord. Sister Cassie didn't know what I was going to be ministering on tonight. But that's where prayer comes in when you pray and seek God for direction no matter what you're going to do. And when she gets up here and we begin to sing that opening song, this is my desire to honor you. Oh, hallelujah. I said, thank you for confirmation, Lord. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, but it's my desire to honor God and bring honor to God in everything I do. Amen. Sister Amber was talking to Sister Darlene not, not very long ago, and Sister Darlene complimented her on a few things, and uh, uh, she, t- she told Sister Darlene, she said, well, even, even in her dress and her clothes, and when she goes to, uh, 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 to go shopping, she stops and thinks about, amen, will this honor God in what I wear? We ought to be concerned in whatever we do, whether or not it brings honor to God or not. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about honoring a pastor. I'm not talking about honoring nothing else. Hallelujah. But what am I doing tonight that's bringing honor to the Lord Jesus Christ? What am I doing that is pleasing Him? Hallelujah. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. And it's all about Him. All give Him glory. Hallelujah. I get up bright and early every morning. Enough time. A lot of times I have to get up so early anyway. I don't get up in time. A lot of times I don't I don't eat breakfast before I leave the house. Maybe I will have a cup of coffee because sometimes I'll get the coffee maker set 
the night before and it starts brewing while I'm in the shower. But I always take the time. I always take the time to go to a, a special place in the house and sit down and begin to pray. Talk to the Lord. And the first thing that I do every day, I say, Lord, I thank you for bringing me to the beginning of another day of life. Because if it wasn't for him, Brother Paul, I could have laid down the night before and never got back up. Sister Darlene just had something done recently to her with this allergic reaction that she had. Some of you saw the picture that was taken of her, of her lips. and I mean, she was in, the, in, in a bad shape, and uh, she was home by herself. I was out doing that field trip I was talking about a while ago, and uh, she uh, texted me a picture. She took her face, and I said, I said, you, need, you don't need to mess around. You need, you need to call Chris and tell him come get you and take you down that, uh, uh, to that doctor's office because I know when they see you, they're going to work you in. And when they got there, and, and they looked at her and examined her, and they said, my Lord, child, this is coming from a doctor now. Said, evidently, the Lord still must want you here because this reaction that you have had over medication or, or whatever it was that, uh, that, that did it to you should have affected your respiratory system as well. And it sh the doctor told you, you don't know that you may have just simply just quit breathing in the middle of the night and never woke up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, folks, when you have a mindset that you want to live your life pleasing to God, God is going to watch over you when you can't watch over yourself. Glory to God. God is like a built-in security system. I told you this morning. I told everybody this morning. You know, back in uh, back in our our last business meeting, we because of things that's going on in the church buildings and stuff today, and people being killed in church, that we need to take certain actions. And we have to, had developed. We've got a security team here now. And we recently got the security cameras up. We got the doors being watched. We can hear what's being said. Everything. We got people throughout the building, amen, that's watching. Amen, the parking lot, the church doors. Amen, right now. And it notifies you every time there's a motion. But how many knows tonight that we have got a built-in security system in God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord to God, if you make up your mind that you want to live your life pleasing to God and the devil tries to sneak around to your back door to come in and do you harm spiritually, naturally, or physically, God, through the Holy Ghost, is going to send you a notification. Woo! Hallelujah! 
Something's going to start flashing. Something's going to start beeping. Ha, glory to God. Oh my God, I'm Hallelujah, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Thank you, Lord. I am talking about living to please the Lord. How do we do that? How do we live our life to please the Lord? Enoch walked with God. He wasn't just a Sunday Christian. Hello, somebody. Glory. He walked with God. And he could walk with God so much and so close that finally he couldn't stay on this earth no longer. God just took him, translated him, carried him on out of this old world. How do we... And he left a testimony that he pleased God. Hallelujah. I don't think there's a better testimony. What about you? I don't think there's a better testimony can be said of anybody that they, that they please God. How do we please God? I shouldn't get up here and tell you you need to please God without telling you how to do it. Well, number one, and I ain't going to cover everything. Time won't allow me to cover everything. But number one, I'm going to talk about developing and overcoming faith. Hallelujah. Developing and overcoming faith. How many knows that the Bible teaches us there are different kinds of faith? Hallelujah. I mean, I, I preached and taught Lessons and messages on um, uh, saving faith, healing faith, on and on and on. There are different kinds of faith. And there's a faith that you can achieve, that you can grasp, that's not impossible for you to do, that can guarantee you overcoming everything the devil throws at you. But I'm talking about living to please God. Hebrews 11 6. You should know that's where I'm going. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. How am I going to live to please the Lord? If you don't have faith, hang it up. Walk away, forget it, drop it. Hallelujah. I stand on record tonight because Pentecostal people got so many different things that they like to lean on and fall back on that really, when you think about it, it brings more glory to them than it does to God. But I'm going to tell you tonight and God dealt with me this a long time ago. I was on an extended fast, and the Spirit of God spoke to me strong. And he told me, can't nobody have anything more important than faith. Faith is the greatest thing that any believer in the Lord Jesus Christ can have. And that includes talking in tongues. The Bible does not say nowhere that without speaking in tongues, you can't please God. The Bible don't say nowhere 
that unless you run the aisle or jump up and down and holler and shout, you can't please God. But it does say without faith. Come on. Without faith, it's impossible. What's the word impossible mean? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That in other words, that he exists, that he's real. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. My Lord. My Lord. But how does that come across in what I'm talking about, about developing and overcoming faith. The Bible says that God has dealt to every man measure faith. It's impossible for you to be saved without having faith. I've heard, I've heard Christian people say, pray for me, Brother Put. I, I've been serving God a long time. I just have no faith. I said, the devil's been lying to you and you've been believing his story. Because what you just said does not mix that you're saved, but you don't have faith. One or the other's wrong. One or the other's wrong. So which is it? Because the Bible says God has dealt to every man measure faith. Hallelujah. But faith is like a muscle. You've got to work it for it to grow. When I came to Christ and I dedicated my life to him, and likewise, Brother Cow back here, let me use him for example, God dealt to us a measure of faith. But say 20 years down the road, let's say this man is growing, going wild for Jesus, and God is using him in, in many mighty ways through the faith that he has. But I'm, I'm, I'm back here, and I don't just don't have that faith. The devil could sit on my shoulder and whisper in my ear and say, well, God loves him more than he does you because look at the faith he's got. But God tells me, and his word tells me, if he's got more faith than I've got 20 years after the fact, it's because he's applied it. Amen. It's because he's applied it. You go to the gym and you work out, you build muscles. Resistance causes that, amen? It's the same way with faith. You've got to build it. You've got to build it till it becomes an overcoming faith. 1 John 5 and 4. I've got to move on. Notice what it says here. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Woo! Overcoming faith. Faith is your victory. 
don't never let the devil steal your faith. When you are attacked, when you're attacked in finances, you know what? The devil could care less about what's in my pocketbook or what's in my bank account. Because he's got a bunch of, a whole bunch of people in, in Las Vegas and a lot of these gambling places and all the stuff has got all kind of money. The devil ain't short for money. Well, why is he attacking my finances? It's not your finances that he's after, it's your faith. Everything, where it be your health, your family, Anything that the devil attacks you with, now listen close because Pastor wants to help you here tonight. It's not that that the devil's after. He's after your faith. If he can get you to lose faith in God, he's got you. Because even the devil knows without faith, you can't please God. Hallelujah. Now, one final thing, and I'm going to close. Developing and overcoming faith is one way that we can live to please God. Number two, and this right here rubs some people raw, but number two, you've got to know your place in the body. Hallelujah. You have got to know your place in in the body of Christ if you want to live to please God. For the sake of time, one scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. But now, look at somebody and say now. The pastor has placed People in the body. Is that what it said? There's a lot of pastors taking more authority than what they got authority to have. It's not the pastor's place or position to say, hey, I'm going to plant you right here. Listen to this. But now God has set the members each one of them in the body just as it he pleases. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Why are you operating the way you're operating? Well, I thought I could help out here. That, 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 that might be a, a, a good motive. But now we're talking about living to please God 100% right now. And you need to understand and know that where I'm at, what I'm doing, God has placed me there. If you read this chapter, you know, it, it talks all about the ears and the eyes and the nose and all that. Each member of the body's got its place. You know what? God knew what he was doing when he was putting together the human body. I have a feeling 
I have a feeling that if I was born 64 years ago and my nose was mounted where this thumb's at and my thumb is mounted where my nose is, I get up here to try to preach what none of you be able to listen to nothing I'd say. You could be looking at me and say, What happened to him? Hello, somebody. If it's that way in the physical realm, what about the spiritual realm? Because the body of Christ is one body composed of many members. Many members. And if we want to live pleasing to the Lord, we need to make sure that we're where God has planted us. Come on. It is God's way. It is God's plan. It is God's order. When Moses was on the mount, those 40 days... God gave him a lot more than just the tables of stone. Some, a lot of people ask all the time. I get the question asked me, well, if Moses wrote the first five books in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, how could he do that? Because he didn't live back there through the whole book of Genesis. How did he know how everything come together and all that stuff? God gave to Moses... The total revelation, those 40 days and 40 nights, he was on the mount. God gave him more than just those two tables of stone. Hallelujah. God gave him a pattern, and the book says this, the Bible tells us this. He gave him the pattern of the tabernacle and how it was going to be laid out. Moses didn't come down off the mountain come down in the congregation, Brother Paul, and say, well, we're going to have a business meeting here and we're going to vote and decide what, how we're going to uh, place all the furniture in the tabernacle. Sometimes we get off base because we, we like this country and we like the way a republic is run. We like the way a democracy is run. Amen. We think the way that they do it in the world, we ought to do it in the church. But that ain't the way God... Listen, God does not operate under a democracy. God's government is a theocracy. Go home and look the word theocracy up and see what that is if you know what that is. That's God's rule. God gave Moses the pattern of the tabernacle. Now, if they got down there and they was laying out that tabernacle, we're talking about laying things out in the place where God has put it. Brother Kyle, if you walked in the tabernacle proper and the first thing you come to was the, the, uh, uh, the laver with the water in it to wash, before you had the altar of sacrifice, and here I am, the, uh, uh, the Levite and high priest, I stop at the laver and I wash, and then I go in the tabernacle. You know what's going to happen to me? Somebody's going to be pulling on the rope and dragging me out. That's why 
since even we've been at this assembly right here, I got a list of a lot of people that's been baptized in Jesus' name just since we've been here. We had one uh, one Sunday morning a couple couple years ago, we baptized seven at one time. You know, you know, not not a one of them is here now. They're not somewhere else serving God. They're out in the world. Now, you can say what you want to, but they bypassed the altar and went straight to the lever. Baptism don't mean nothing. I'm going to, oh, Lord, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in trouble from some of my apostolic brothers now. But if somebody gets baptized in the water before they have stopped at the altar and sacrificed and killed that flesh and the old man, you'd be better off if somebody baptized you in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. If they had repented, if they had repented, it did more for them than it did for you. Hello, somebody. I am talking about living to please the Lord. I'm, 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 I'm going to close right there. Church, honestly, I want to live my life to please the Lord. I want everything I do. Not, don't get me wrong, not that I'm trying to work something and work my way and live good enough and live righteous enough to go to heaven because Ronnie gave you the scripture you talk it's by grace that we're saved not of works I have no problem that I believe that to my very core but I I don't work to be saved or to get saved I work because I have been I'm so thankful for forgiving me. I'm so thankful for the blood of Christ applied to my life. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost power that flows in my life that I want to live pleasing to my Lord. So it's, I hope and pray that everybody will wake up first thing in the morning and you pray a prayer. Lord, help me to live my life this day pleasing to you. Let's stand together.